by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. We give you what you want around here. We give you the good stuff, the football smack that you need to survive appropriately in my neighborhood. So we bring you back Joe Rexroad of The Athletic, Emily Proud of WKRN News 2 for a mailbag podcast. Fam, how we living? Lovely. So people wanted us back together? Yes. All right. I'm not buying it. What is the chemistry that we have? We have a special chemistry, guys. What is that about? I think it's just different age demographics and then me and Emily making some reference. You're old, I'm young. That's what they're saying. And I'm not quite in between, but I feel like I'm a good balance of both because I'm Emily's age, but I'm more akin with the personality of somebody in Rex Road's demographic. Okay, I'm very confused. So who do I appeal to? Like the... No one in particular. The people who like to point and laugh at the old. People who like to also eat peanut butter with a spoon. Is that you? I do that sometimes. (laughs) Why is that an old person thing? I I do that too. That's the tastiest. I'm just trying to think like 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 an older slob is what I'm trying to get at. Like pouring mustard on my shirt. See, it's because. But these these are these are this is nothing that anybody is is pushing Joe on. He's just providing these kind of things, and the people like that kind of transparency. That's good. I'm trying to steer the conversation away from dog poop because I've got a lot of dog poop stories since our last podcast, actually. But I'm not going to tell any of them today. All right, whoever had one minute on how long it would take <laughs> to bring up the We should story. have bet the over-under before we started the pod, no question. And perhaps we will have time for the dog poop stories, but we have many things to get accomplished today here on the 615 Sessions. Uh, the Titans are, it would seem, oh, Jason Fitz on Outside the Lines. That was cool uh, as we're sitting here in the studio. Look at that, just desecrating journalism. Uh, Jason Fitz. <laughs> Hosting, sitting in the seat that Bob Lee. He's actually proud, hosting OTL. Hosting OTL Look at there. You Fitzy. Wow. Look at you. I know. Very Good proud job. of him. Also, six one five session guest. Rate, review, subscribe. You get our archive. You can listen to the Jason Fitz interview, uh, and we had a good time with that. Okay. We're going to talk about the Titans because it seems like Rome is burning at one and two, and this is par for the course. I feel like, but it's the way that they're doing it. And so we're going to talk about the Titans over the course of this podcast. We are going to get to your mailbag questions that you have submitted via the hashtag 615SESH, uh, a place for you guys to vent. Joe Rex wrote all already volunteering information that nobody asked for, so it's already like a therapy session for him. Hopefully, this will be like a therapy session for you all listening at home, and we appreciate you doing so. So... Joe and I were in Jacksonville. Corey Curtis, who I know he wants to rip later, uh, your compatriot at WKRN, Emily. I was going to keep that in-house, but I guess now I'm going to have to do it. Oh, no, Corey, we're all... We'll test. We'll see if he actually listens. We're all big boys and girls here. Yes, and this is a good gauge of who my true friends are, who's actually listening to the podcast. And if we find out he doesn't, then you can come on here and rip him whenever you want and no repercussions. But we promote that as well. Yeah, I don't want to lose my job, so I'm going to be nice, but... So what happened in Jacksonville was gross. From the football aspect, from the weather aspect, from Vrabel's mood afterwards, and from everything that we have dealt with since. It's the way that they are losing that makes this such a frustration if you're a fan of the team, and honestly, a frustration if you're us who are trying to figure out what the hell they are after Cleveland. It's been a little while since we've done one of these podcasts. How did you guys, Joe, I was sitting with you in the press box, Emily, how did you kind of process the Jacksonville game watching from watching the TV copy, watching from home? I mean, it was Murphy's Law. What can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, it was it was every aspect of the game was just not good. And I think, you know, when you said the way in which they've lost makes it seem a lot worse. Also, who they've been losing to. It, it stinks to lose to two divisional opponents to start the season, especially after you come off Cleveland and you're feeling really good and feeling back like to you back can, backups. Yeah. I mean, you can get a, you can get a jump on the division and get high in the standings and then they just lay two massive eggs. But, um, I'm sure we'll talk about the quarterbacking situation in a little bit, but it was a lot of different things. It was the whole Adoree Jackson. Why is he still returning punts debacle? It was Derek Henry dropping wide open passes and killing drives it was where is Corey Davis where is Delaney Walker I mean it was everything that we kind of 
saw a little bit of to start the season all on full display and all very concerning. Well, and Joe, I, I've had some time to workshop this particular opinion because I was trying to avoid being like our friend Stillman and just spouting the first thing that popped into my little head as conspiracy <laughs> theory. Oh, but it's so fun. And running with it on air. Yes, that would be more fun, but I, I'm not particularly fun. So now we find out if Jared's listening. Are you listening, Jared? <laughs> he is. He's trying to figure out what I'm doing. Uh, I... Looked at Paul Kaharski in the press box after that game, after the decision-making of the Tennessee Titans coaching staff, of the decision to leave Jameel Douglas out there longer than you probably should have, even though the option behind him is Aaron Stinney, to continue to trot Adoree Jackson out on punt returns, to go for to go for it on fourth and six when it just smelled to all of us like desperation instead of taking the and points. a fourteen nothing game and a fourteen nothing. I mean, game. it's not yeah, it's not a game that's out of reach. No, it's totally that within was the opening reason. Opening drive of the right second half. Second yeah. half, right? Correct. All of these things, and I looked at Paul and I said, "Is Mike a good coach?" And it's not that I don't think Mike Vrabel is a bad coach. I just feel like he is a little bit out of his depth when it comes to the issues that plague the Titans. And that's being able to workshop the offense, having an additional set of eyes for Arthur Smith to bounce things off of in the way that somebody like Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni in Indianapolis do, or uh, Sean McVay and whoever his offensive coordinator X might be this year, the boy band lookalike. Who will go on to be the next coach of team NFL team X. His name. Uh, well, Matt LaFleur <laughs> is one of them, and he's out here doing it in Green Bay. Undefeated. The point three and zero, and that's all that matters. The point is, is Mike at a disadvantage, at least in one regard, by not having the background to where you can help fine tune things on offense when that's the biggest problem here. That's that's a great. I mean, that's a a great thought, honestly. Hell I, yes. I mean, really. I, <laughs> Score one for the internet, you know, baby. I, yeah, good job. I mean, I, may, <laughs> may, you may be right. I Thanks, haven't Dad. thought about that. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> little Buck. Look at little Bucky over here. Get him with thoughts. So nice. With uh, thoughts. <laughs> look at him thinking. <laughs> thinking See, this clearly. Is, this is why these podcasts are fun, because you all listening to this, you get to th- hear what little my friends think of me, <laughs> in all honesty. This is, this is the- At least friends. This is the heights of professionalism. Wow. You know, I loosely. Very honored. Loosely, <laughs> loosely. Rex Road. Like Can, weird uncle friend. Ah, don't do that. Grand uncle. <laughs> Regardless. I think it's great uncle. Great. Greg, yeah, yeah it, it you can go either way. Great or grand. <laughs> don't hurt yourself. Okay. Continue with your thought. <laughs> no, that, that's, I mean, I think that's a fair point. You know, Vrabel has, like, I think overall Vrabel has, I think he's done a pretty good job. And I think he's been pretty open about like even last year, yeah, I've never really thought about what a running back goes through. And he kind of talked about watching film of a running back and how do you evaluate a running back as we were, remember a year ago, like Derrick Henry, oh, got to get rid of that guy, right? Um, I, I think he's been pretty open about that that's not his thing. His thing is point of attack defensive stuff. And so he gets on the practice field and he does it. So you could look at that and say, you got to be more global than that as a head coach. I think it's fair to say, well, Arthur Smith, there's high hopes for him. And, you know, he's had one good day to me, and he's had one okay and one really bad, I think, at this point. But but that is – that's still like – that's your young person you're bringing up and giving this opportunity. But who do you have as that that trusted sage like Dean Pease is on the defensive side of the ball? So I think that's fair. And, and you know, LaFleur was kind of brought in for Vrabel too. So I think maybe if he would have gotten Ryan Day from Ohio State – which was, of course, the plan. Right. Maybe it would have been a situation like that, but he probably does suffer a little bit from not having that. That's yeah. That's my issue with all of these things. It's that it's. I think that Mike is a. I think that Mike will go on to be a good football coach. I just think the things that they're the things that they have the biggest struggle with right now. I don't know how much he's able to help them when he's. I mean, he's being honest with us in these press conferences when he's saying, you know, I've never played quarterback. I've never played wide receiver. I don't know how Jack changing his stance has affected his play at right tackle. I played left tackle one time on field goal, and that was the extent of my experience. Like, he's honest in that way, but it also makes me question the decision-making when it comes to, you know, how much are they actually able to do the job that they were hired to do. But regardless, they have bigger issues because it's not just the offense. It is a great many things that seem to be bothering them that are starting to chip away at 
the Titans at one and two in a way that makes fee- things feel more more impending, more disastrous than they might otherwise be through before the first month of the season has gone on. And I know for a fact, and we were talking about this before we turned the recording device on, I know for a fact that defense is pissed at the offense. And at some point, you know, a locker room is is fine, but winning changes a lot of things. Delaney Walker getting chippy a, a little bit today with the young people. These young kids. Yeah. yeah. Delaney Walker is now Paul. He's now shaking his fist at the young people. Honestly, I, when I came in the league in 2006, I know that's a long time ago, um, the atmosphere was a lot different. You know, we were one and two. It would be some pissed off guys walking around here, calling guys out, team meeting without the coaches. But today's football, it's a lot different. A lot of these guys can't take that. A lot of these guys don't like to be called out. They want to fight or they want to be traded. And it's, it's that's pretty much where we're going today with this game. Is, as you can see, the rule changes and everything is just different. Is it a good thing or bad thing or just different? I, I really don't know. If it's a good thing, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure. I know it worked when I came in the league. So I'm not sure. Uh, but he's right. Like they, they seem to, they seem to be fraying more than I think we would have otherwise expected. Um, and it's still really early. They have the opportunity to get right against Atlanta, and all things are better. But right now, you know, I don't really know what to make of the fact that this is a different locker room than we thought it might otherwise be when the season started. I'm kind of happy with it i mean i feel like so many times we've thought you about damn this. vulture well no no i mean we thought this locker room was just lifeless and they did and they didn't care and they were just no, going just through the motions because lawan suspended well yeah they're they're missing that personality but and we kind of missed the personality of delaney walker last year because yes. he was he was out but no i'm, I'm kind of glad that he's kind of being honest he's put some life into this locker room. I hope it doesn't mean that there are some struggles, but I completely get where he's coming from. As someone that's been on many struggling teams, there's nothing worse than looking around and everybody acting like it's okay. I mean, you you want somebody to come and grab you and shake you and say, this is not us, this is not good enough. The people that come up to you and say, oh, it's okay when you kick the ball out of bounds. No, it's not. That's what the white lines are for. You're supposed to keep it in bounds. So that's the frustrating part is when people just tell you it's okay and they ignore the fact that you're not playing up to your potential you're struggling you're not doing what you're supposed to do so i get although i'm the youth presence in here i understand what he's saying from a standpoint of everyone's walking around and thinking it's okay it's a long season we have some time to pick it up but right now they're not playing how they're capable of playing and so i completely get delaney walker's standpoint of it's not good enough. I, I want I want everybody to be angry at this point and we're not able to confront one another and tell each other how we're feeling because we're all just kind of saying, it's all right, we have time. Yeah, and for, for anyone who didn't see the, the, the Delaney quote, and I was not there. We'll run the audio once this is put go. together. Yeah, so, I mean, but to, to paraphrase, yeah, basically like when he was young in the league, one and two, it's people screaming and angry and, and calling people out. And now basically – a lot of guys can't handle that kind of thing anymore. So I don't. It's an interesting comment because it make it does make you think of you know, what precipitated this comment. You yeah. know, was there a call <laughs> like out? It's in response that, was there to a something. call out that didn't go well? Um, you guys mentioned. I'm going to bring this in right now because how can we wait any longer before ripping Corey Curtis? Um, <laughs> this this was I, I included this in my column off the game Thursday, and. <laughs> So I just wrote reporter because I was like, well, I'm not going to call out Corey. But when he asked the question, I did. I like kind of looked at him like, really? <laughs> so the question is, and again, in my opinion, I think the biggest problem Thursday was Marcus Mariota. And I understand the protection was terrible, but there were a lot of times that night when he stood in there and had time and had an open receiver and just missed a throw you can't miss. And I think that that dragged everyone down. And I also think that he's he's seeing things that aren't there at times. But the question from Corey was to Bayard, quote, to watch Marcus struggle in the first half, but then go out there in the second half and take nine sacks and battle for you guys. What's that like watching on the sideline? Which, again, I'm thinking, like, so your take is that, like, 
could job Mariota. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he ended up with 300 yards. I just I didn't leave that game thinking, oh man, he battled. I just saw okay, the coverage softened up a little bit, and he padded his stats at the end. Byard's quote to this. This is really why I include the whole exchange because it's really interesting. So he's asked about Mariota and how impressive it was, essentially, and his quote is, I mean, you know, I can't control what the offense does. All I can do is sit on the sidelines, tell our guys we have to keep fighting, blah, blah, blah. Other than that, I feel like our defense, we played great. Give up two easy touchdowns at the beginning of the game and after that, six points. So it was like the answer was sort of like, I'm not talking about Immediately the offense. Immediately dismissed. Yeah. And, and, commenting about the offense. And look, look, team chemistry, it is so much about what you do on the field. When things are going well, man, amazing how much better people get along. And it, it, lose enough, and I don't care if you have the greatest collection of personalities in the world, they'll eventually turn on each other. No question. I mean, that exchange, to, to cite another example that we brought up earlier in Matt LaFleur and the Packers, that exchange between him and Aaron Rodgers does not go over as well if that game is lost. It's it's Yeah, it's laughter fodder later because, yeah, you know, but right. It's ugly if they lose. Exactly well, you right. you think about the Jags, too, from 2017 to 2018. I think winning masked all those personalities and, and all, I mean, there are some, some personalities in that locker room that you wouldn't think would get along, but because they were winning, of course, everybody was happy. And then when they stopped winning, what happened? Not great. Well, the Didn't Jack. win. One of them's asking for a trade, so it's winning masks all his, your issues. His back hurts And now. losing <laughs> brings him back. Yeah, Flu-like well, symptoms. Poor guy, he's sick. Uh, he, He'll be feels better. And Jacksonville and Seattle before them, those personalities are louder. Like, that, that gets more traction. Here, not so much. But it's already started. And it's not something that's been done publicly other than Delaney Walker today. But those things, but noticing things like Bayard's comment, where it's not... It's not blatant and obvious until you go back and listen to it. You may you you think you hear something in the moment, and then you read what he's actually said, and you're like, "Oh, okay, here we go, week four, baby." They should be pissed at the offense. I would be pissed. Every at the one offense. of those guys should be pissed off right now. No question about it. And you, it's it's everything. Everything is is best. I don't know. It's summarized in those two plays at the end of the Colts game. And the end of the Jags game. They're both run plays. It's uh, Jordan Wilkins for 55 yards at the end of the game to just be the backbreaker. And it's Fournette with a 69-yard nice run at the end of the game to just kind of seal things when he had been operating in the black or in the red for the majority of that game. Yeah, that was defense, to put him to positive yardage. What did he end with like 65 yards or something? Right. They had after 69-yard run? Off one carry, Leonard Fournette finished, I think, with just under five yards a carry. Because he they, they'd held him down. They did their job. And again, the offense failed him. And it's something that I think may be a common theme as we head into Atlanta. I don't know, Emily, you're not going to that game. No, I'm not. Joe's going to that game. And Corey's going, so Corey if he's listening, if he's listening, then maybe we'll have a confrontation in the locker room of our own now. Ooh. See, that was Watch fun. Out, That's what I kind of miss here back in Knoxville when the Vols started to lose, then all the media members turned on each other too, and that made press conferences way more fun. So I'm just looking Ooh. forward to that happening here. Give me some names. I'm not naming names. All right, well, but there was chippiness. There was, I mean, and it, and it wasn't just online because it started online. But when they saw each other in person, they actually confronted each other, which was really fun. That is an, like inter- we don't that's do an that interesting that beat. Yeah, we're, we're all very nice. I mean, Kaharski yeah. will pop off and, you know. Yeah, he had a little feud with Wyatt man. the other day. With Jimmy? Yeah, they were talking about Pac-Man Jones because Wyatt oh. was tweeting pictures when he was in town. and But it's not anything. <laughs> well, extreme. I heard I mean, who else could get mad at Jim Wyatt but but Paul? The one and only Paul <laughs> <I know>. Collins. <laughs> lovable. PK now Unleashed. But this, now see, we'll this see is, if Paul's listening. Before, you listening, Paul? <laughs> oh, Paul's listening. We're testing a lot yeah, of right. people now. Well, that's good. Let's start some media <laughs> feuds. This is, how it, this is how it starts. And before we start your mailbag questions that you have submitted for Emily and Joe via the hashtag 615 sesh, this is the difference that I feel it's important to point out between how Emily Proud is perceived as a broadcast professional and how I am perceived as a broadcast professional. Because Emily waits until we're in a more relaxed setting, a podcast setting where she can expand upon her thoughts and say, yes, I want fires in the media. I want want people to start tearing at each other. She is the Joker in the dark night. And she does it behind closed doors, whereas I'm just public. Well, at press conferences, I'm in the back of the room, just quietly hiding behind my camera, not saying it, not asking any 
questions because god forbid i try to ask a question from 10 feet away the podium mike rabel cheap seeing seat. if he's listening yeah, too, am. <laughs> Pipe am up, from am. the cheap seats <laughs> <laughs> all of the shade okay <laughs> let us get to your mailbag questions that you have sent for joe and emily there is a variety of things but we will start with this from joey on Instagram, is it fair to think that Mariota will throw for 25 touchdowns this year? So it's kind of a sunshiny question, huh? It's like, yeah. hey. By the way, we haven't seen any of these questions. So we're both like looking at Buck right now with wide eyes, thinking what's about to be That's how I like asked, to do these so. things with the guests <laughs> off balance. Yes. Are you making these up, Buck? Entirely. Uh, 25 touchdowns. What? Let's see. He, I believe he has 25 in the last two years. Is that right? Yes. No. 20... 25 in the last two years. Yeah, that's right. 25 and 24, I think. Yes. 25, yeah. So he was on pace for 48 after week one. <laughs> I figured that might fall off a little bit. Well, look, if Zero he, interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 25, at this point, I'd say that might be a little bit optimistic. I, uh, I just, I don't know. I look at the way that he's getting the hell beat out of him. Mm-hmm. And like, we talk about the offensive line issues and that everything is supposed to be made better when Taylor Lewan comes back but Delaney again yeah, to his credit the truth. Del- bless Delaney Walker <laughs> I'm I'm really scared that he's going to have enough of this and retire at the end of the season but that's no. just an early premonition um I think that nothing nothing that is bothering them right now is totally fixed by Taylor Lewan it helps to have Taylor on the left side it helps that Dennis is a good depth piece. I don't think that Dennis can necessarily play guard in the way that people expect Dennis to play guard mm-hmm. at, because he is one of their best five offensive linemen. It's just, you know, can you get Jack to move inside? Probably not because yeah. he doesn't want to take the pay cut. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Kelly, best served at right tackle, was the better player last year, but you don't know necessarily that that's going to be so. Uh, him and Conklin aren't great athletes like Taylor is, and you saw the way that Josh Allen, a rookie, was a mismatch for Jack Conklin on uh, on Thursday night football. And so I don't think that Marcus will have the opportunity to throw for 25. Well, touchdowns. I think a lot is riding on Nate Davis too. If he comes in and he's ready, it's kind of like adding him and Lawan. So it's two upgrades to the offensive line if he can come in and make an impact. But yeah, I think it's um, based on what we've seen, it's it's very positive. But I, I, I just can't see it happening. I can't see him being in the game long enough at this rate with how much he's been sacked and how much he's been on his butt. I just don't see it happening. Also, I think if the Titans can finally start off ahead in a game and not have to come from behind, we'll see more of an impact from Derrick Henry. They'll be able to run him more, and I, I see him getting a lot of scores this year. Well, another thing on this question, I, I, I'm sorry, but I think that if the Titans have a first half in Atlanta like they had in Jacksonville, I think that there's serious – consideration given to a switch and it doesn't have to be well if you if you take out Mariota you put in Tannehill you are now ending the Mario it doesn't necessarily mean that you could switch back Bill O'Brien it's a big move yeah but but I think it's possible if you're the Titans if you're Mike Vrabel you have to win this game you have to win this game two and two and one and three huge difference Mm -hmm. and if Mariota is playing like this again I'm thinking about it you know I'm thinking about a possible switch so that also, either the health and the and the performance makes it less likely that he gets to 25 because I just don't know that he's playing all 16 games and he ever has. Well, and here's the only reason that I would push back on that. Actually, we'll save that because I know there's a question in the mailbag about that. Uh, this from Brain underscore Denial on Twitter. Excellent. I'm not sure what to make of that particular handle, but he says Titans, Joe Burrow collision course, question mark. I don't know if the Titans will have a pick high enough. He's been helping his stock out tremendously. He came in late 66 on a poor old Vanderbilt this weekend. But I mean, based on what we've seen so far, there's a pretty good chance the Titans are shopping for a quarterback this year. Could be. And right now he projects as a mid-round pick. But, yeah, like going into the year, where did he project? He wasn't projecting no, the first, not first round. round. No, no, he's for so, Heisman talk. Yeah, and, he's a yeah. fast riser. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think a Fromm, a Burrow, like they're not going to be there for if we assume Tua and Herbert are going where people gonna think say, they're going to go. Do we want another Oregon quarterback? Or? Well, right. <laughs> do you want another Hawaiian quarterback? That too. You got one of each there yeah, with the with the Tua and the uh, and the Herbert, but uh, the From Burrow area probably could be. 
And, it, you know, if they if this season goes worse than they hoped, then they could be in that range to get one of those guys. Are we trending that way, you think? Because he's been a problem. Like, he's a legitimate problem. It's trending for sure, especially when you've put together the defense that you have and you did everything in the offseason to help him and to make him look as good as possible. I mean, that's what this staff was supposed to come in and do is to get the most out of Mariota. And I feel like for the most part, they've tried. I mean, the guys that they brought in have been proven elsewhere and were also highly regarded in the draft. I mean, they, they did both. They covered their tracks in the draft and in free agency to help Mariota. Got like Saffold's got to be like live up to that. But yeah, exactly. I mean, they went and paid so I the feel money. like they've, they've done what they're supposed to do. And if he's still not performing, then yeah. I mean, you say trending. I don't, I'm not going to make a prediction right now. But Do it. Based Hot on, take. No. Based on, <laughs> I'm not buying it. Stoneman's ears based just perked up. Based on what we've seen, yes, it's <laughs> trending in that direction. Well, look, I got a question. I did a mailbag on theathletic.com. And the question, part of the question No, no, no. Was, we don't pub. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm just promoting here. athletic.com. Great review, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe now. Thank you. <laughs> Text me for a code. Uh, so the one part of the question was like basically, you know, Vrabel and Smith, you know, the, these throwback guys, you know, why can't they? I mean, that's why they fired Malark and Rubisky. And this was going to be the, I mean, at some point it's like you're dancing around everything, but like Mariota's the problem. It's, oh, these guys can't maximize them. And, and you know, the system doesn't work for them. And they need more RPO. And they need this and that. And I think they've done he doesn't have a lot of speed on the outside, but they've done quite a bit to help him. And these guys, this is not some archaic offense. And I don't think Malarkey's was either, frankly. They, his Mariota has had one great year, and it was when they ran the ball extremely well, and the play action worked, and he was upright, and he got protection. He didn't have great receivers, but he had a great season because those things happened. People think that he has to be in this tempo, four-wide offense to... No, it, it's, you know, he can function perfectly well in a pro-style offense if he plays well, which he's not doing on his own, largely. It's just Rand crazy. over. <laughs> <laughs> Get a promo code for a discount off the athletic subscription. Annual subscriptions, just like I have mine. And you can get into Joe Rexroad's mailbag on a regular basis as well, at Joe Rexroad, at Emily underscore proud on Twitter is where you follow our friends, W.C. Redmond on Twitter. Are you disappointed in the Titans? Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, that's... I, I feel like they've only gotten better as far as personnel and, and continuity and bringing back Dean Pease. And they have, they have so much more in them. And, and the games were winnable. I mean, the Colts was a hundred percent winnable. And they're just not taking advantage of positive yardage and, and getting into good situations and they get sacked and they have, I mean, we have now penalties is an issue on this team. And it yeah, never where, was. where the hell did that go? Well, that's, that's a, that's a disappointment. That was the one thing you could hang your hat on is this was the least penalized team. Yes. I understand that they've, the refs have changed a little bit as far as the holding penalties well, after I mean, their if you, talk this weekend. If but. it's bad enough to elicit a response from Tom Brady on Twitter, then the officiating is yeah. probably poor. It was bad officiating. It was bad officiating. But to your point, though, Emily, they are a better constructed team, yes. arguably, than they have ever been, certainly in the four years that I've been here covering them. Oh, hey, and look at the rest of the division. If there was ever a wide-open year... It's this one right now, and they're not even taking advantage of it. They've knocked out two of the starting quarterbacks, and they lost to both of those teams. They haven't even played Deshaun Watson yet in the reigning division champs. That's the most frustrating part is that I hate to be like, this is their year, but this could have been their year based on how things were laid out. And it's three games, but I think it's also scary when you look at the division because Jacoby Brissett looks like a guy. And also, the Texans just won uh, at L.A. against the mm-hmm. Chargers. I mean, you you know, you can't idle anymore here. And no. you're 0-2 in the division. And I agree. This It's set up going in. As soon as Luck retired, I'm like, the Titans are winning the division. I, I felt good about that. Absolutely. I, I think we yeah. all did. And I'm, I hate the prediction stuff. But it just it broke exactly in a way for them like it did in 2017, where you needed all those little things because mm-hmm. you ended up backing into the playoffs because X, Y, and Z had to happen. And Andy Dalton beat the 
the the no beat the Ravens on a yeah, last DMP's second touchdown yeah. to get the Bills into the playoffs and all this <laughs> he other got chicken crap. wings for life. One hundred percent, and a celebration <laughs> for the conquering hero when he returned to Buffalo in the preseason or some nonsense. But you needed luck to not play that year. You needed that 2017 iteration of Jacoby Brissett and the Colts to help you get over the Colts hump. You needed the issues that Jacksonville was having at the time that Jacksonville was having them and the fact that you, to that point, had owned their ass and now you're giving up games to Gardner Minshew, who is fine. He's a novelty. I'm delighted by him. He has a wonderful mustache. He's got a porn star mustache that would rival any out there right now. It's fantastic. Uh, but he's he's Gardner Minshew. He's still Gardner Minshew. And John Filippo is a good offensive coordinator, somebody who I would have been happy for them to look at here when they were making a hire because of what he does uh, and what he does for quarterbacks well. But this is not somebody who I think should beat you in the way that the Jags and they and, and Gardner Minshew in that offense, even with D.D. Westbrook dropping touchdowns, they, they beat the hell out of you. That box, it wasn't as as close as the box score would indicate, and that's just because of that garbage touchdown at the end. And by then it was out of reach. I'm a huge believer in, you know, you'll see a blowout, and it could have been a blowout the other way with a couple things going differently. I really think that it's a game of emotion, and sometimes things just get rolling one way or the other, and it could have been totally different. And I still contend that had Dory Jackson not given them a touchdown at the beginning of the game, that team was ripe to be – you know, had their face put in the grass in their own stadium. It was a lame crowd, no excitement. They got Jalen Ramsey crap going on. The only thing you can't do is give them that life right away. The Dory Jackson gave them the life right away. And they, and, you know, Calais Campbell's pretty good too. So, you know, that's probably the worst matchup we'll see all year. Yeah. A four or against the Titans in a game is, is Jamil Douglas trying to guard or trying to block Calais Campbell. I mean, that is like, an incredible mismatch. They have some good players, but still, that could have been a totally different game. A 12 as a pro football focus grade is not something that I ever remember seeing. As bad as Josh Klein and Quentin Spain were at times, a 12. Like, I don't remember seeing 40-something. No. <laughs> I know, that yeah. could be wrong. And but the fact that Roger Saffold was in the 50s is of much greater concern yeah. based on what his paycheck <laughs> looks like. But, like, with, with those momentum shifts you're talking about, I feel like it was very similar with the Browns in that, they Agreed. let these things pile up, and the Titans had an opportunity to get down on the Jags early, and the Jags would get down on themselves, and then they could turn that into continuous points and, and continue. They don't seem like the the mentally tough team to be able to come back like we saw with the Browns. Also, you're playing a rookie quarterback. You got to bother him a little bit. You got to give him a little welcome to the NFL moments, and they didn't do any of that. So it's yeah, it's, it's beating yourself. It's not strategically playing well and knowing how to play your opponent. This wasn't a game where you wanted them to start off hot and positive and confident. This was a game where you wanted to go crush their spirits early and call on them to try to be mentally tough and come back from it. But they, yeah, they handed it to them at the beginning of the game and gave them confidence. And then we saw what happened. Cool Table Lee on Twitter asks, how many more bad games does Mariota have to happen or have to have for a change to happen? Now, this speaks to what I wanted to talk about earlier with what you're saying about Time for your little pushback, Buck. Pushback, Buck. Here is my pushback, and it's got nothing to do with Marcus. It's got everything to do with Mike. Why is Mike so unwilling to take a Dory Jackson out as a punt returner? I don't understand the stubbornness in it. And I think, because I had Dominique Foxworth on Tuesday's pod, rate, review, subscribe, uh, and Dominique Foxworth, who's now an analyst on ESPN, a cornerback, I think, for like 12 years in the league. He played for the Broncos. He played for the Falcons and the, the Ravens. And he was on the NFLPA Player Leadership Committee with Vrabel. And he, to, uh, to his dying day, he said, Mike Vrabel is the most most ethical person that he has ever dealt with and that it is very important for Mike Vrabel to keep his word and it's the whole players coach thing I think that when Mike and John you know John Robinson has a different set of motives and a different obligation but when Mike tells Marcus Mariota that he is the starting quarterback and that Ryan Tannehill is there to back him up I think it's more important for Mike 
to for to for Mike to Mike to be able to keep his word to the players, and I think that might almost be a detriment because a Dory Jack, you know, you can tell a Dory Jackson, you know, we're going to let you rep it out. We know you're going to figure it out. We're going to let you rep it out. I, I believe in you that you can do this. Keep going. Oh no, you can't actually do this. Mike, stop putting him out there. Adam Humphreys can do this. You saw that Humphreys can do this. Why are you so unwilling to make this change? I think. There's a lot more of that in Mike Vrabel than he might otherwise be willing to admit. And I think that's the only reason that Marcus Mariota may get a full season, even if he looks like the way that he looks. Well, it makes it sets a bad precedent. It makes the guys think that they can not necessarily do whatever they want, but even if they struggle, their position's still there. They're still going to be able to to do what they've always done. You need a little bit of that fire under your butt. You need to realize, like, I'm not always going to have this position if I don't play well. I'm not always going to be able to continue if I don't play up to my standards. And so, like, like what you said, it's a good way to be in life, but... Sometimes in the NFL, you got to be a little bit ruthless and let guys know that their job is not safe. Yeah, well, speaking of that, look, I, I, I think that's a good point on Vrabel. Two good points. But 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 listen, yeah. yeah I know. You're on I a need, roll. Look ch- at you. I need to chill out here, don't I? Take the L, Rex Road. <laughs> but at some point, you need to win. And he, I mean, this is not going to trump all evidence to the contrary for, for Vrabel. I mean, there's going to be a breaking point. I don't know when it will be. I think it's fair to say that if you're them evaluating Mariota and he doesn't have his left tackle, do you end it before he even gets that? Probably not. But I still think within a game, as a way to shake up the team, it's possible. I think it's possible Sunday Atlanta. Also, I wanted to, and, and hoping that Karski is listening, you, you brought <laughs> Karski was sitting between you and I in the press box. So, like, every time that a Dory went out, <laughs> like, and, and John Robinson, by the way, you know, in Jacksonville sits right behind us. So, I, I, and he's very good about not making, every once in a while, he'll slam the desk if something happens. But he's pretty good. But every time a Dory came back out, Karski made it sound like, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I can quite do the sound. It was like, ah, God. You know, something like that. Like, it was just awesome. It's I was like, just, please keep trotting him out just so we can hear Kaharski. It's this little emphasis that he does on words, especially when he's complaining about something. I'm not, it's just this little extra, eh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, he talks like this about things when he's trying to be critical. I don't know what it is, but I hear it. He does, he, does, he extends words. You're ready, elongates words sometimes. Dang. Yes. Well, it's, I mean, I, I, I love the chief. I, he is, he's one of my favorites. I'm not sure why it probably speaks. Uh, to me as an yeah, individual. that says a lot about you. <laughs> but I know he listens, so shout out to PK. Uh, I forgot where I was going to go with that. No, John Robinson. John Robinson sitting behind us in the press box is kind of disorienting uh, on, on these road games because you're right, he will, I mean, it's hard, you know, he has a vested interest in the success and what's happening on the field and you're watching the game with him really in real time and the color that that man was turning in the press box as that game went on. Me and Teron were sitting next to each other. Teron Davenport of ESPN.com. And Teron would just, Teron just, just looking for trouble, just peeking back there every once in a while. And I'd like see him peek it over. So I'd look and then just beat red, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. I, I don't know. I think that the more that you look at it, I'm not, I'm not opposed to them making a change just because of the pro- like the specific problems that Marcus has. Why are you still telling us that you need to learn to throw the ball away? Now that's an example I keep going back to, but that's like blatant as a fifth-year pro for as much time and as many different defenses and as much time as you spent playing against these kind of teams, personnel who you're familiar with, why are you still having these fundamental issues why is it so difficult? And it's in a way that it makes – he looks like a different player than he did from 2016. He legitimately looks like a lesser quarterback, and I don't understand how that happened. I think it's got more to do with the broken fibula earlier in the year. Well, because – Or, excuse me, a couple years ago. 2016, Christmas Eve. First of all, you should have seen John Robinson's face that day because they, that's the, the division in their hands to a bad Jacksonville team that get blown out. But I think – not that he hasn't had other good games. He had, a, I think, a great game in the playoffs at Kansas City. He had some great games last year. But I have not seen the same Mariota since that broken leg in that game. 
the guy that during the 2016 season, even with some of those games where he had multiple bad turnovers, I mean, he had an amazing knack for like pick and fumble sixes like that year. But I was like, that guy is becoming a star right in front of us. And I haven't thought that since. And I, I really do think that you can talk about it all day, talk about footwork and you know, what you're supposed to be doing in there, but there, it's, of course it's going to affect you when you have injuries like he's had in this league. And I, th- I think it, that's what we see sometimes. Kenneth, at Texas Sports 1015, he's been one of the loudest advocates for the Joe Rex Road Emily Proud podcast. Yeah, return. Kenneth. Shout out to Kenneth. I have zero faith in Mariota or Tannehill for a title. What is the best outcome for this year? A run to the divisional playoffs on running game slash defense to be waxed by the Chiefs or Patriots or losing record season or losing record season making it easier for J-Rob to get his hands on a chosen QB. Please help. Hashtag 615 sesh. Oh gosh. It's Can three, it sounds it's like three games in. I know. I know. It's a great question, but I just I have I have a bad feeling about this season. I know. And I haven't. I do. I don't want to think too broad and and say that you know you need to start losing you need to pull a dolphins you need to get a high pick because i think ultimately these guys want to win all the time and that's what i think should always be the goal i never think that you should tank for tua or whatever they they like to say these days but um at what point though if they don't play well will john robinson still be in the position to be able to have his pick at quarterback because I know he didn't. He didn't select Mariota. Right, he was that, just that's a giving card him. He can play too, by the way. Yes, and I think one he should. Play. Well, I think Mariota <laughs> is is the last card he has to play because he can kind of lean on that. And I think that's also too why you know I'm. I love that you've been bringing up everything with Mike Rabel because I feel like he's kind of gone down to the wayside a little bit. Everybody's just piling on Mariota and not thinking about okay, the offense as a whole has gotten a lot worse. They regressed <laughs> since he's been here. They the regressed, regressed tremendously. I mean. When you already are on the hot seat when you come in after a guy that won a playoff game. I mean, you you know that you have to live up to a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we're bringing him up because I, I don't want to talk about a man's job or anything like that. I do. But I think a lot, <laughs> I think a lot of people are, are piling on Mariota and they're using him as an excuse for, okay, he's the problem. We're not the problem. Personnel is not the problem. It is him. So if we, maybe if we get rid of him and we bring in our own guy, then maybe it will be better. I think, as you said, that's probably the last card John and Mike have to play is Mariota. What was the question again? <laughs> what do you want, what do you want the to season say, to look like? Yeah. See, see, this is Best where case. the aging podcaster element comes in. I've already forgotten. I need my oatmeal. Um <laughs> He's asking what it's, the best, yeah, which best outcome is. What would be better? To me, I will answer that. I will say the better outcome is that your team wins yeah. and you enjoy this season and they get to the playoffs. And look, I agree. They'd probably get waxed by either of those teams. But you know what? This is a team that is, in theory, built for the playoffs because you can play defense. You can run the ball. You're not getting to that point unless you have some kind of quarterback play. So absolutely, it's much better to – Give it a whirl. Get into the tournament. I mean, how many teams in this league are legit contenders to win it all right now today? How many would you count? Five, six? I don't think. Two in the AFC? The Bills are 3-0, and oh, and I think it's total fraud. Oh, that's fraud. garbage. Total get them fraud. out of here. Bills. Jason Wolf, get your Bills that's out of my your, face. That's where your head goes? No, I did Super this. Super Bowl contenders? I did this last night. I was looking at 3-0 and oh teams and trying Shouldn't to figure out Shouldn't it go to Dallas? Uh, no, Dallas is <laughs> Dallas. I, listen, I wouldn't mess with Dallas. No, Dallas is don't mess uh, with Texas. It might be all right. Like I think I think that I think uh, Kellen Moore. I think that he might be taking Jason Garrett's job if Jason Garrett's not uh, careful because they look a lot better with the same personnel. But there's a, so there's a few teams that really can win it, and most but no, other there's teams... mostly crap in the NFL this year. Don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really bad teams yeah. this year. But and if the you're other... not if you're not on track to go to a Super Bowl or to win a Super Bowl, does that mean then best case is to no. still lose? No, I mean no. you still want to win. And 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 if you do that, and if you just crap out, and then then we're going to be talking about everybody's jobs, mm-hmm. and and you're looking at the draft. I mean. Go through the draft year after year after year. Go through all the quarterbacks who are taken high year after year after year. You're very unlikely to find this chosen one. I mean, Mariota and Winston went one two, and they're both okay. I mean, it's it's the bust rate is extremely high. So you're more likely to then go into years of this QB purgatory, and you know 
that's not as good as making the playoffs and at least yeah. enjoying some Sundays when your team wins, right? Yeah, and I'm also not ready to decide on a season yet after three games. That's well, because we don't want our football <laughs> season to be over. No, oh and it's God. not. It is so far from over. What if they do figure it out? I mean, I, I still have this blind hope that there's a lot of intelligent and solid players on this team that we've seen great things out of. Well, it, it can still click. I, I'm not yeah. totally out on it yet. Because a lot of these, they were last year. They were all over yeah, the place. And a lot of these errors, too, are just I'll simply so. dropping the ball <laughs> or holding the ball for too long. or th- Things like I feel are correctable. So I'm not totally out on it yet. And yeah... <laughs> A happy locker room after a win is way more fun. So as much as we say, you know, we're not fans of the team, it's way more fun to cover a winning team than it is one that's calling it a season and going to go focus on the draft. We did plenty of draft coverage last year. With it being here, I would be fine a few months just talking about actual football happening in front of me. I just really root for extremes. <laughs> it's, the, it's the boring <laughs> nine and seven stuff that really gets like, oh. Uh, so, like, if it goes bad, bad, okay, well, believe me, it'll be interesting for us. That's true. But – yeah, this, you don't want an in between. The in between is uh, it's so boring. Which is where we exist, baby. <laughs> one more, uh, one more for you guys out the gate, and this one is my question uh, because I have been. This is where essentially I've been workshopping my primetime topics. Is this podcast? I'm just asking people various questions that I may have to talk about later, and then stealing their answers. I look at the quarterback situation where you're talking about quarterback purgatory, and I look at Marcus. And I look at a lot of the guys that are getting contracts right now. And I'm wondering how much, how flawed the logic is in that you need to extend a quarterback that displays average to occasional above average production. Oh, I know this is your pet little thing here. Terrible point, Buck. Erases your good points from earlier. Keep going. <laughs> it's not true. Why is it that people can feel the way that they do about Marcus Mariota. And if he is even if he is fine for the remainder of the season, is it so wrong to let him go and to start over with a different quarterback? Because I think with that kind of quarterback play with the, the with the kind that they have been getting since the injury, we'll talk about since the injury when he's literal when he's visibly declined, I think that you can find that out of a rookie quarterback or over the course of a rookie quarterback contract and not get your money tied up in one of these guys like Dalton or Tannehill or, you know, replacement-level quarterback X? Well, I think it's all philosophy. I mean, it's just grass is always greener sort of deal. I mean, you have to think about the fact there are 32 teams. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. You need a top 32 quarterback to, to play for you, but at a certain point, yeah, you might want to just trash it all and, and start over again. But it just all depends on do you want to play it safe and, and keep a guy that – can win you some games and is okay and maybe will be amazing one day, even though we've already seen five years out of him. It's it's all just kind of how they want to handle it um, because it can go way, way wrong and you can get stuck in a situation like the Browns did and be searching for your starting quarterback for decades. So yeah, you have to think about, is the grass always greener? Mariota is not great right now, obviously, but are you willing to take a chance? on what you might get in the draft. I think based on the quarterback play we're seeing in college right now, my answer would be, hell yes, take a chance. There's so many great options coming out this year and in the coming years. Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of what how you want to handle it, if you want to just stick with mediocrity or if you want to trash it all and take a chance. Give me some pushback, Rex Road. Well, no, honestly, <laughs> I, I because of the last two games, going into this year, I thought, the Titans really want this to work, and they think it's going to work, and I think he's probably going to be good enough, health-allowing, of mm-hmm. course. Um, after the last two games, I'm I'm drifting off into your thought process because the, the money is a big That's thing. That's I mean, three for me today. Well, I, I don't want to give. Yes. I don't want to give you a good. You too. I on feel that like one. I'm just third wheeling right now. And it's okay. This is like, do your own one on one buddy cop movie. All of a sudden, this is a love is a hate there. relationship that spans the course of many years. At this point, <laughs> no, but I, you know, twenty-one million is what you into, what you're paying for Mariota. So if he's going to play like the last two games, then I think you're right. I think that's yeah. you can find rookies who can do that stuff. I think he's better than that. But again, it's it's what are you right now today? And if he doesn't have a pretty significant uptick pretty quickly here, 
then I, I have to think it's trending that way. I think that was an earlier question. Which way is this trending? Mm-hmm. I, I, clearly, two games, he's he's a mess right now. And again, I understand the protection thing. You have to. There's always an. There's always something. It's mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator. It's he doesn't have the mm-hmm. weapons. He doesn't have the protection. Doesn't have the running game. They're switching people on him. Yeah, and we put too much on a quarterback. Too much blame. Too much credit. Yeah. But. But I'm it looking at him, and he's just—he's not—he's not right right now. But it, it can still be both, and I think that's yes. what people don't realize is it's not excuses necessarily. These things can be mutually exclusive. Yes, Arthur Smith is digressed since that first game as far as play calling and what he's done. What do you mean yeah. it's not forty-three points a game? Yeah, exactly. Well, technically, they only scored what like thirty-four, so. It's more, listen, I, if, my, if there were 34 <laughs> points on every Sunday that I, I had to cover a Titans game, you, I, you would not hear a damn thing from me for the rest oh, yeah. of time. No, but but that's the thing is there are other things wrong with this Titans offense, but that doesn't need to be an excuse for Mariota's play. He can also be struggling and the rest of the offense can also be struggling. It doesn't, it, it can be mutually exclusive. And I think that's what people, you know, are constantly saying with the quote unquote Mariota apologist. No, it's just simply it's it's fact. Corey Curtis these is guys should, you out. <laughs> no, these guys should not be dropping passes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know Mariota should also be throwing good passes as well. It's it's two very different things, but yeah, I think based on what we've seen so far and exactly what we said with John Robinson, Mariota's a last pawn. He has to play, and I think if he's not awesome this year, he's going to play him to save himself a little bit. Any. Parting words of wisdom before we get you guys. We're out, out of here. questions. I well, no, but I I I left out the majority of them that were about dog poop and Roombas. So much, there were some dog poop. Yeah, questions. I was going to say this is poop. way too much football. Like, can we talk? Like, yeah, some, what's some life stuff? Well, I'm serious about my my dog. You know, like yesterday, <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys this happened yesterday. I swear <laughs> to you, the dog's outside for like an hour. He comes in the house. I love that this and, is where and we're going. My wife and I are sitting like in the like the family room, and he starts crouching to take a poop on the carpet. And my wife jumps up and like, "God, stop it!" And they grab. I'm like, dude, you've been outside for an hour, yeah. and now you now he you has com- such carpet confusion. How old is he? He's uh, a year old. Okay, yeah, Gus. My dog still has Gus. Him. Kind of dog is Gus. A malty poo. <laughs> Of course, Stop a cute little multi poo. Poo is in the name. Poo's in the name. Then so, you should yes. expect that. There's but. a lot. There's a lot of pooping. So this is this is my issue. If we're going to get into life, life, uh, life subject matter, I am constantly being harassed by my girlfriend, who lives in Atlanta. Yes. So re- reunion this weekend. Yeah, huh? we'll go down there, and uh, I'm going down there Friday, and I'll be hanging out there throughout the weekend. I'm going to go to that Titans meetup thing that's happening at the. Buckhead Saloon. So if you guys are down in Atlanta for the game, come hang out. We'll be there. Um, and yeah, I'm going to get some quality time. But You're being harassed. I'm being harassed. Let's go back to that. I'm being harassed. Because she wants a dog. And I have a yard. And I don't have time for a dog. I don't want a dog. I'm not dog friendly. Like I'm not, I'm not responsible. I don't want more responsibility in my life. Like it's, it's hard enough for me to manage getting myself to and from places because I'm wildly irresponsible uh, and I'm just not meant for this adulting thing. But the dog, I kind of want one. I don't know if I like the idea of a dog more than I would like having an actual dog. Well, as someone who doesn't have any children and just has a dog, you become, your child. You become second in this relationship. Everything in your life is about this dog. But Emily, I can't be second in any relationship. Like my girlfriend knows that. That's why we work. So, okay, she wants you to get, <laughs> love it. She wants you to get a dog, but keep it here. Yes. Okay, so she just wants you to have it. So it's not going to be some it's broken home, because then you kind of have to think about if you're going together on a dog, I mean, dogs live like, what, 10 to 15 years? That's a, that's a long commitment for you two. You have to think about oh, no, what the I'd dog give her the means. Dog. I'd give her the dog. I wouldn't want the dog at the end. But what if... But if the dog lives with you, then he becomes attached to you, and then you pull him away. That's what I meant by broken home. Tough. You can't... Tough? Yeah, he's not ready for a dog. <laughs> Don't do it, man. I mean, I like dogs and all. I mean, honestly, I told my kids for years, no, we're not going to get a dog. You're not going to take care of the dog, so we're not going to get a dog. And then what happens a year ago, they just bring... My wife's like, oh, we got a dog. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I've just been saying no for years. Just, and it's just... It's not... Don't do it, man. No. They're cute. Mm. and. and but he, you, he brings you, so... Here. If she were here with you, then then this could be something that 
could be discussed. But basically, she just wants to come visit every couple of weeks and save the dog, dog. And then you yeah. clean up the poop. Correct. We're yeah. back to cleaning up dog poop. No, I mean, oh God, I knew it would circle back eventually. No, having a dog is a lovely thing. I, I, I love my dog. But for example, kids Wait, got quick. pancreatitis right now. Which oh. is really fun. Sounds awful. Which means I have to boil him chicken and rice every single day for his meals twice a day. He's so sad and cuddly and it's adorable, but also very depressing. But then he had to get some like treatments done at the vet, which were not free. And then he's on medicine, which was not free. And I have to hand make his food every single So there are things like that. But I do. I love him like a child. I don't have a child. So he is my child. So there, there are pros and cons, but... As far as the responsibility, if she's not going to be here when things go south, because they will go south. I saw the Roomba downstairs. Whoa. <laughs> things can happen. Larry is living a very happy and spoiled life downstairs. <laughs> Larry the Roomba is doing just fine. Thank you very much. I will not have my parenting skills called into question on my own damn podcast. Uh, parenting? So that's your child is your Roomba. I love that thing more than anything in my life. 100%. What do you even have to like That's pretty that weird, you need man. to vacuum every <laughs> single day? Uh, nothing, but it's fine because it's clean and it gets done and I only have to occasionally... I mean, I have dog hair. That's why that's an amazing invention for people with dogs. But for you, I mean, like, do you really make that big of a mess? You need... You can't bring out the vacuum every week or something? Uh, I have me hair and I shed quite a bit. So TMI. that is... Uh, <laughs> That's true. That mushroom hair really? probably does shed. You're going to go TMI you would, on you us? You would think there's you, a dog here. <laughs> you're going to go TMI on us? Check yeah. the timeline at Emily underscore proud for all of your Roomba dog poop pictures. All right. Anytime Joe Rex Road has an appearance, every time we do this podcast, because I think this works, we're going to try and do this on a semi-regular basis. I think this is okay. This matchup. Uh, but anytime Joe Rexroad is here, I think there should be like a parent corner. Like a, 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 a piece of advice, a piece of learning, a piece of advice for us, wisdom <laughs> from Joe Rexroad. Teach us about life. Teach us about life, sage old wordsmith. I mean, I am an amazing parent as he <laughs> <laughs> just asked my kids. <laughs> Uh, so you want a you want no, like I a want, story? I want a, a story. I want a story. Give me a story. Give us context here because it's not just people like Emily and I that listen to this podcast. They they are a, they, I, I assume many of you have children. I don't know. I'm not in your lives. Well, I'll give a, some advice for the the parent of the young child. Now, I'm not that anymore. Ours are 15, 12 and 9, so they're they're not cute. They <laughs> talk back. You know, they they don't really want to hang out with us. I mean, it's just a different world, but my oldest um when he was very young, we took him to daycare, and um, you know, early on, you can you know you can have swearing around a really little kid, mm-hmm. and um, it's you, know, you don't think they're absorbing it. So we would watch Sopranos. This is oh, he's God. fifteen, <laughs> so we're going back. So so we're watching Sopranos on Sunday nights, and at times he would be awake and. So th- this is all we could figure because we didn't swear around him. And, you know, like especially with your first kid, you're very more you're more careful about everything. Like sure. don't be within 200 yards of smoke or swearing or bad thoughts. Or, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, change the diaper every five seconds. Hashtag no bad days. So so he so he had these two kids at daycare, Gogo and JJ, and he they were kind of friends, but they were kind of fight. So one day we get home. Say, I want to say it, but I probably won't say it, even though I know it's fine in the podcast. So all of a sudden, we come home, and he looks at us. He goes, JJ, F word. Go, go. <laughs> and we're just like, holy. <laughs> so one. So that, they're sponges. Yeah, he was telling <laughs> us that they got a fight, but also we found out that um, we probably shouldn't let him watch Sopranos anymore. So <laughs> just as a young parent, this is a terrible, pointless lesson, but. You know, they are absorbing more than you think. Not necessarily that, there's so. There's the lesson. Not necessarily so, because I can provide context for things that children absorb that you necessarily may not think that they absorb. So I was a big dinosaur child. I liked dinosaurs. I was Miles Garrett-esque in my love of dinosaurs and of the different uh, of the different Cretaceous and whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, eras. Nerd. <laughs> I hate Emily. Uh but I, at three years old, convinced my grandmother and grandfather, who would watch me during the summer because my mom was a single parent and worked a lot and I didn't like day camp, uh, I convinced them 
that I was allowed to watch the movie that was sitting on the VHS shelf in their home. And that movie was Jurassic Park at three years old. And because I knew all these things about dinosaurs and my grandparents were very sweet and wanting to give me whatever I wanted. And my grand, my grand, grand, are you sure, honey? Are you sure there's some, there's some scary scenes in that movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Just a total, just a total shyster at three years old. And I watched Jurassic Park at three years old and I had nightmares for probably six years after that. Of the T-Rex chasing me in the rain in a car. So you absorb things. You poor thing. I know. That's, that's, why, that, that's why I am the way Are I am. Are we all t- telling terrible childhood Yeah, stories? this is good. Parent corner. Listen, we got Traumatized child corner. We have just eclipsed the one hour podcast mark. We are breaking records here on the 615 sessions. I love it. Oh, oh. Is you it need my to turn? share something now. Oh, goodness. Okay. I, I had a strange childhood because my... <laughs> My family was an odd does child. some weird thing. No, no, no. My, uh, my dad is, uh, he works in TV production and he always uh, wrote and directed murder mysteries. So he created Ooh. actually the true crime drop, drop uh, genre, what? if I can speak. Holy crap. Which is pretty cool. Uh, a show back in the are. 90s called City Confidential, it started it. So the reason we have like CSI and everything. Snapped is a, sh- a show that he did on Oxygen that's really big. It's where the women attack the men, whatever. So we always no. had like just various props and stuff around the house. And he was always going off and, and doing kind of these weird shows. So I still have nightmares about that. I kid you not. Like my dad comes home one day and he has a knife because that's what dads do when they come home. But it's a prop <laughs> knife. And I didn't realize it was a prop knife. So I was just chilling, you know, watching whatever on TV. And he comes up behind me and just like stabs me. And I think like, oh my God, my dad's killing me right now. Right. <laughs> but the knife Old? was plastic. I was about six, I think. Like I was little. Oh. He was just like kind of joking with me because he thought it'd be funny. But it <laughs> scarred me. I mean, of course, it he didn't Not actually. It didn't actually you. scar me. Poor choice of words. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, <laughs> no, but the actual like knife blade. So what it does is it goes up into the handle. Yes. So it was just kind of like a little spring, and it was you know he thought that it would be hilarious, and I'd be totally fine with it, and yeah, he he wonders why my sister now works in the true crime genre. She does special effects makeup, so that's a whole other thing. We have like gallons of fake blood all over our house all the time. She's. She's interesting, but he wonders why I didn't get into any of that and why I hate true crime and why I hate those murder mysteries and everybody's getting into these murder podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, I can't like my, my dad ruined it for me. I need sunshine and rainbows and Alvin dog poop. (laughs) No, but yeah, that was kind of a, a little bit about me that's See, amazing we got to do a podcast over there this it yeah 100 100 can we go to your parents house with all the props and do a podcast well they live in florida now because they're originally from upstate new york so they've just been slowly moving their way down the united states so they went to new york and then to tennessee and so now they're in florida um but my dad mainly just writes now so it's not not as much fun but it was it was great childhood because he did a lot of other things too he did a show for the animal planet once and i got to go to this like animal sanctuary and i swam with elephants and i got to hang out with um these like i think they were like little little baby cheetahs which was really cool because they had um a pig apparently i learned as a very smart animal when i was a child so it's like their babysitter between these like small little cubs what? and so yeah so they have they they let them kind of roam around in this like large pen but then and they put mom... a pig in the middle of it and the pig like separates fights um it kind of you know corrals them and the, the pig is literally yeah because the mom i don't think the mom can be around them for a certain number of years again i'm not an animal expert this was just one like cool thing that we'll save it we for the zoology do. pod well, th- that's the thing that was. I'm not an animal expert. I'm just saying that's but when that's I learned fine. that that's pigs were smart. That's even better. I, I, we should do a whole pod on animal on animal behavior. Having no idea anything about animal behavior. That's an yeah. experience worth getting fake stabbed for, though. <laughs> it is, though. I know. It's, it's, it's a bit of a swimming with elephants. Right? That's the trade-off. Yeah, that was really cool. Childhood was, trauma. It did swimming not with smell elephants. great, but it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it I've comes got back around again. Stories for days. <laughs> Yep. There's there's a fecal issue here that we need to discuss at some point. But no, that not. is going to do it for this particular iteration of the 615 Sessions podcast. Joe Rex Road, 
of The Athletic at Joe Rexroad on Twitter. You can read him. You, you can subscribe to him, to Johnny Glennon, to Adam Vingan, all of our friends covering local sports here in Nashville, as well as a wide array of sports writers and podcasts now across the country. So get a subscription to The Athletic. I cannot recommend it highly enough, even if you have to read the kind of squill that Rex Road pumps out on a regular basis. Thank you for coming by, buddy. <laughs> I might answer your mailbag questions, though. See? Fair <laughs> trade off there. <laughs> Emily Proud, at Emily underscore Proud on Twitter is where you find her, as well as WKRN News 2, Sports Anchor, Titans, Vandy, Vols, Preds, whatever the case may be, they have you covered in the Titans Lounge. I occasionally make an appearance there and uh, bring down the level of professionalism, but thank you for stopping by. I have friends that I work with, too. You you listed all of his co-workers. Go follow. I think it's at Kayla Anderson TV and at Corey Curtis 2 on Twitter I thought this was the Rip Corey Curtis podcast. So we should at least plug his Twitter handle, at Corey Curtis 2. That's fair. We're going to find find out, Corey. Go tell him the problems you have with him. I'd be happy to do so the next time he comes back in with Hutton (laughs) for a podcast. We we, We try to get a regular rotation. Of all the media friends, it's what makes this fun. Also, again, Emily's glaring at her watch as I take too long to get out of here. All right, that being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Tuesday after the Titans-Falcons game right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. <laughs>